A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Changing how you think can change how you sleep. Is that true? Our guest today, Kelly, will share with us her journey of healing from narcolepsy by shifting how she think and how she act. Now she even have her own business of helping other people to heal from disorders by changing the mindset. Let's hear more about her story. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep. I'm your host, Yishan. Welcome, Kayla, to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm very excited too. I know actually you have been diagnosed with some kind of sleep disorder and uh, sounds like quite a journey. Do you want to share with us what that is and what that looked like to you? Of course. So I was diagnosed with narcolepsy when I was around 12 years old. My symptoms started as soon as I went to all-day school, so around six years old. And basically, I couldn't stay awake, even in like the subjects I really loved, like art class or PE. Uh, so it was obvious at a very young age that there was a problem with my sleep. Many people don't get diagnosed with narcolepsy until they are much older, just because of the culture around sleep, that we see it as normal to feel exhausted. But I was lucky at such a young age, the doctors did see it as something serious to, to look into and to investigate. Wow, you were diagnosed at a very young age. And uh, at that time, when I feel like preteens, teens are very sensitive about who they are, what they are capable of doing, about the peer relationship, did that bring any um, pressure to you when you were diagnosed? Yes, it was definitely really tough socially, even, you know, sleepovers and things that kids like to do. When I got home from school, all I really had energy for was sleep and sometimes even like skip dinner, just sleep till morning. So I missed out on a lot of like friendships and, and fun social things, I think. And then even through puberty, sleep has a lot of effect on your hormones. I had a really tough time, early puberty, all of... Um, all of the negative side effects you can think of of your hormones being out of balance at such a young age, I definitely had from my poor sleep. So it was really tough. And then it led to uh, mental health issues as well. So, Wow. Yeah. One thing leads to another. And uh, uh, when we are diagnosed, we struggle with certain symptoms and just impact our function, our life generally. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I understood the impact of what uh, diagnosis meant at the time. There was no Google. I just had like world book encyclopedia, you know? <laughs> so I think it took me until maybe into my late teens, early twenties to really understand that it was something that I was going to have to, to figure out how to deal with long-term. Now, um, look back, what, is there a certain turning point for you to start, you know, accept it or cope with it um, because I feel like it's possibly a quite different journey for everyone when they get a diagnosis that 
need a lot of work, a lot of um, lifelong management, things like that. Yeah, it definitely came in phases. There came a point where I had to deal with my mental health. Um, and that was very clear because I had attempted suicide and I needed very intensive care after that. And then after I got my mental health um, under control, I had cluster headaches for a long time, like six months of pain and like, yeah, like severe migraine for six months. And the neurologist was really stumped. They couldn't find anything wrong, you know, physically with my brain. And he said, you know, let's go after sleep and see how that works. And, and honestly, that was the best thing that probably ever happened because once I got my sleep in order, I started to live life again. <laughs> By listening to you, just make me feel like I possibly take a lot of things in life granted that, you know, I don't have to deal with all that and I just live my life. But for you, you have so much to manage first before you feel like you can really have your life back. Yeah, in some ways I'm grateful for it now because it has forced me to really filter down the things that really matter to me and to really focus on, on my health and connecting, you know, mind, body, spirit, all of that together to really, to really thrive because now I feel like I'm living a life I never dreamed I could have as a kid. So it's been actually good that these physical symptoms have pushed me to, to look, out, look inside myself for what's going on and, and have to connect more with my own power to heal my body and, and to feel good. Yeah. Wow, that's not easy. I know a lot of people, when they have physical difficulties, when they have physical pain or challenges, not a lot of people look inside. A lot of people look outside. <laughs> They're like, why me? Why this is not fair? Why other people's life look different than mine? What motivates you to look inside and to to you know really sounds like transform from other people who are really suffering so much? Yeah, I definitely went through that phase. I mean, I spent many years trying every medication that was out there, um, just listening to everything my doctor said and feeling really down and, and low about life in general. And like, just knowing that, well, believing that, as they said, as I grew older, my prognosis would only get worse and my memory would decrease and my cognitive function would get worse. And at some point I was just like feeling, you know, if, if that's my life sentence, then what's the point? What's the point? Why do I keep going? And luckily I had my, my mental health was completely taken care of at that point. And I, I knew there had to be something more that I, I was here for, not just to feel sleepy and go to doctors all the time. So I'm not really sure. Um, I found energy therapy like Reiki. Um, this was kind of like the start of the door opening for me, I think. And then other types of energy therapy that help you deal with emotions you picked up as a young child and to process those emotions. Um, got me more in touch with, I wouldn't say I was spiritual by any means, but I was, I believed in the energy, the metaphysics of what was happening in my body. And it really like just kept taking layers of weight off of me as I went through these processes of, of therapy. And yeah, I think it was, um, it was a long process and having a, a life coach really changed my perception of, of good and bad and this helped me challenge what society says is normal, just so I could start to feel like, oh, actually I am a functioning member of society, even if I need a nap, or even if I, it doesn't look like everyone else's life might look like to me. Um, 
So yeah, just changing those perceptions and, and shifting my beliefs was really powerful. And that was just in the last seven, eight years that I managed to do that. So <laughs> it was a long journey from diagnosis to that. Yeah, definitely. Well, and changing perspective, I feel like that's extremely hard. A lot of my work, to I treat people with mental health uh, in addition to insomnia. I feel like a lot of times the work is to help people first be aware of their own perceptive, their own thoughts, and then how to help them shift it a little bit to be able to look at it from different angles. That's so hard. And how did you do that? Yeah, it's definitely much easier when you have a coach or a therapist or a professional to kind of mirror back to you what you're saying. And somehow that kind of helps you pop out of your own perspective and, and see it from a, an outside perspective sometimes. And there are a lot of um, types of, uh, I don't know, modalities that I have used, like hypnosis, um, using CBT, um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, has been really helpful for shifting those, those perceptions and those beliefs. And yeah, just so many, just coming at it from every possible angle until I get the result I desire has kind of been my, my approach. Like if one thing doesn't work, then I try something else. There's no, no room for just giving up basically. Wow, that's wonderful because sounds like you are such a fighter. You don't give up easily. You try whatever method out there find out what really works for you. Yeah, I think years and years of, of not doing that and just going with the flow and doing whatever doctor said had trained me to be like, actually, if I tune in with my intuition and my body, like I actually know what's best usually. I actually have a lot of information that uh, I can't find out in textbooks. And if I trust it, then I can keep increasing my, my vitality and how great I feel in life. Yeah, and you just mentioned after you change the perspective, one thing you start realizing is with this diagnose, uh, it, it's okay to experience certain things and you can still do things, enjoy life while having this diagnose and possibly have still have some of the symptoms popping up in life, right? It sounds like a very strong concept of acceptance and facing it and uh, what well, it can be there at the same time I can enjoy my life it does not have to be a block that until I remove it I won't be happy yes exactly this was so important this idea that no matter what's going on outside I can be happy now that that happiness in the moment like I think drives me forward to the next the next thing I want to do and if I wasn't able to be happy in any situation, it's much harder to run away from a bad feeling than to move towards a better one, right? So that was really life-changing when I realized I don't need to, to get rid of this to be happy. I can be happy with an illness. I can be happy, you know, sitting at home with nobody around me. I can find the happiness within. And that's just been like an incredible life-changing realization. Yeah, I really like it. I don't have to wait for it to be gone, to be over. Uh, like my happiness is not in the future, like uh, unpredictable future. It's right here, right now, every moment, no matter what's happening, I can still be peaceful, be calm, be happy. And wow, that, that's really valuable. I think that's a very valuable way of thinking of this. 
Yes, I actually learned that from a course online. I think it's from Harvard. It's called The Science of Happiness with Dr. Lori Santos. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I heard several versions of that. I think it come from positive psychology originally. Yes. Yeah, Harvard, I think uh, uh, ben, Dr. Ben Tyler, I think he, he had that uh, uh, very famous happiness class. And I don't know if other professors are teaching similar classes and teach us where happiness come from, what is happiness and how that may work for us. I think I remember one part of that is about they are debating like where happiness come from. Is that the future, the past, or right here, right now? Right. So it's what you mentioned that reminded me of that. That's so interesting. Yeah, and some of the research they use really made an impact on me um, because yeah, I like everyone. I like to see the science behind why things work. So uh, using that course to to really dive into that research helped me believe the things I was seeing in my life were not just like I wasn't making it up basically. <laughs> oh cool. Do you still remember what research really resonates with you or uh, on this topic? Yeah actually this idea of hedonic adaptation like that as humans we kind of come back to baseline no matter what happens. So I used to spend a lot of time worrying about how bad something could be in the future. Like, what if I go to the doctor and they say this, 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 and, and this research shows that um, we come back to baseline much quicker than we think we would. And also that our like worst case scenario, we actually don't feel anywhere near as bad as we predicted. And so it just helped me like release worry a lot and release anxiety a lot because I realized I'm creating more stress in the moment than I will feel when I get there and it's terrible because my body is like adapted to come back to baseline. I hope I explained that in a way that is okay to, yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, I know the research, so hopefully our audience can really uh, get inspired by that because we all have this set point, right? No matter we won a lottery or we had a car accident, like very excited or very dumb, but naturally we have this bounce back um, mechanism inside of us. We always bounce back yeah. to the set point. Wow, that's really cool. It's always good for me to understand what really resonates with each person, what really helped them. Because to me, when I have read so much, it's I sometimes lose lose track of hmm, what what really resonates with who. I remember when I do therapy, uh, it always shocked me that I would say so much each session, right? And my clients, they often come back to me and say, you know, something you said last time really stays with me. I was, I always excited. I was like, oh, really? What? But then they mentioned something. I was like, oh, I said that. <laughs> it's not even possibly not my main point. It's just, uh, to me, it's a very small thing. I just, uh, you know, it just come out as a, as a like small point come along and I did not even pay attention, but somehow those random points stay with people and drive some change. So it's always interesting for me to understand, huh, you know, what, because I think it's very valuable what resonates with you. I think it possibly can really resonate with a lot of other people who are going through something similarly. Yeah, definitely. And I also tell that to people who are listening to 
a podcast or, or reading a book, like obviously not all of it is going to resonate with you. Just look for the small things that make you think, oh, like that's me, I can do that. And, and try those things instead of trying the big thing that everyone else is doing. Like what resonates with you is your body telling you, hey, this is what I need. So it's really powerful that when people can recognize that maybe the main point wasn't for me, but some of these other little things might help. And every every 1% change builds up to better wellness, right? So yeah, that to your body and what your body needs. Really, only you know, right? Each every single one of ourselves, we are so different. And I feel like you give me a new um, way of thinking because I interview a lot of doctors. A lot of time as a provider, we all think in a certain way. It's very standard. It's based on the book. It's like, oh, if you have this disorder, we know the evidence showing what are the treatments and uh, whatever out there outside of the book and outside of the recommendation of treatment, we don't know. We cannot really recommend to the clients. But also we, as providers, we get stuck some of the treatment just not work that well for certain people, then what should we do? And sounds like you are following doctor's order, trying that, but additionally, you also tune in with your body, with your need and try additional resources to help yourself. Yeah, definitely. I listen to your podcast and I read a lot from doctors to understand you know, how the brain works, how sleep works, to know as much as possible. And then I tune in to like, what can I do that's, yeah, not medical. I don't use a lot of medical intervention anymore, partially because I travel so much. It would be impossible to maintain a doctor and, and a relationship with a neurologist. But um, also I've just found that using natural remedies, using the science that research has provided and then finding the natural remedies that go along with that has been really empowering for me to, to take control of my own treatment as well. Wow. So if our listeners, some people are going through similar situations, they may have diagnosed, uh, they may not have exactly the same diagnosis as you, but they may just got diagnosed as something very difficult to manage and they are still trying to explore, um, or have difficulties accept it, what do you have any suggestions based on your own experience? Do you want to say anything to them? Yeah, I think um, something that helped me a lot was just examining the idea behind how a diagnosis was created, right? Especially the diagnosis like narcolepsy that doesn't have just a test with a number that says, okay, your hemoglobin is under this number, you have anemia. It's not so cut and dry. So looking at that and then saying, you know, um, if I look at my body as a whole, instead of this diagnosis, how can I help some of these things that are going on? Because it's a big conglomerate of symptoms that then were given a name, basically. And the doctors are trying to categorize you into these, into these groups to help with treatment and, and all of these systems that are put in place in the medical field. But as patients, we don't have to do that to ourselves. We don't have to use that diagnosis um, to put ourselves in that box. We can still think outside the box and, and look at, you know, how do I improve my ability to wake up in the morning to get to work? Or how do I improve my ability to not have brain fog? And not thinking, because I had this diagnosis, I can't do that. Just think, how if I didn't have this diagnosis, what would be possible for me? Uh, and just really kind of, yeah, going broad term instead of 
only looking at treatments for my disorder, thinking, how can I uh, help my body function better, basically, if, if that makes sense. Oh, I like that a way of out of the box, because if we really just focus on the diagnose, it's we narrowed ourselves, right? It's like a tunnel view. I can only see so much. And uh, I would imagine it would be hard for people to look what other aspects in life for them to, to, to cope with, to live, to, to adjust. But also maybe like you mentioned, may miss some treatment options, may miss some or healing options, may not be medical treatment, but other options out there that we can do, but not for this diagnose, but for generally what body needs. Yes, and I think part of the issue is so many people fight for so many years to get a diagnosis because we want this validation that we are experiencing something real. We want to be understood. We want to connect with other people who feel how we feel. And it's useful in that medical situation to have that diagnosis. But, but once we take that on and if we make that our identity, it becomes really difficult to believe that, you know, maybe going to get a massage might be helpful for my symptoms because... It reduces my stress, which allows my medication to work better. Or, you know, you don't, nobody says go get a massage for narcolepsy or go have a pedicure for narcolepsy. But for me, it actually, these are things that really can help to, to reduce my stress level, to bring those cortisol levels down. And it just allows your whole body to function better, regardless of what diagnosis you're looking at. So, and that's also a big part of self-care and uh, what your body needs, and also what your mental health needs, what makes you feel comfortable, relaxed, happy. And when, when we feel more relaxed and happy, and you know, it impacts all the other functions, no matter what the diagnosis. I really like that, to encourage people to think outside of the diagnosis. It's not just about the diagnosis. And I feel like for diagnosis, I think people have reactions. Some people really like it. They think, oh, I finally know why. But uh, I remember some of my other guests mentioned once they got diagnosed of uh, certain sleep disorders, first they feel great. And then when they realize the treatment is limited, they get more depressed, right? Um, so, and other people, when they get diagnosed, they actually get very defensive, get very unhappy. They feel like they are labeled as something that they never thought of before. And they consider that diagnosis as very negative label. So I definitely see people react to it very differently. Yeah, we all have a different perspective and experience. So makes sense. We have a different reaction, but I think we're all all the reactions, it's, it's good to examine our perspective and to realize we can just break out of that and say, okay, if I didn't have this word for what's going on, what would I do? And if I didn't believe it was, you know, incurable, this word, I, I really hate this word because I think it brings so many people down. And, um, and yeah, I don't know if you have heard of Louise Hay. She did, did a lot of work with, you know, emotional healing and inner child healing. Um, She's very popular in like the mindfulness community. And she says that, you know, incurable is really only means that that particular condition cannot be cured by outer means at this time. So it's a, a cue to look inside. So that was um, really impactful for me when I found that and realized, you know, this is not a life sentence. It's not like here's your jail cell, cell locking the key, throwing the key away, you're stuck inside. Like um, there are ways around that 
that maybe we don't have science to back it up, but if you trust your intuition, you can find things that work. Right. Wow. Yeah, I I'm really happy actually. You are able to find things that uh, inspire you and work for you. And I personally also believe healing is a much more complicated procedure. There are different um, format of healing, and medical treatment is only part of it. Psychological treatment is only part of it. I know a lot of I saw a lot of people. Uh, also believe into spiritual healing and other, like you said, mind, body, spirit, this type of, uh, you know, integrated healing. So I feel like healing can be so many different ways, but the power comes from inside of us. We all need hope. I, I feel like you never gave up in the uh, journey of you searching for a method, for an answer, for help. You slowly find the hope inside of you and that's so empowering yeah definitely and I didn't find like the spiritual connection until maybe one year ago so it's probably the area I'm least comfortable talking and sharing about but it definitely has played a role and like I feel I have more energy and more just excitement for life because of that part of it Um, whereas before I was functioning very well but I wasn't as excited as I am now just to be on earth and to be alive so that's been really cool Right, whatever works for you, yeah. right? That's our, our like individual journey, whatever for each work for each one of us, gonna look slightly different. But you find something that works well for you and you keep on adding little pieces on it, just make your life better and better. Exactly, and that's why when people ask me, where do I start? I'm like, it depends on where you're at, right? So if you are the spiritual person, then start with your spirituality. If you are the you know, the fitness exercise person, then start with that. It's really start where you're at and then take those tiny steps little by little. There's no there's no prescription for the path to to wellness either. Just like there is no pill for wellness. There's no set. Yeah. It's very personalized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sleep is so personalized, right? And I feel like uh, healing from uh, sleep disorders is also very personalized. But I really like what you said start where uh, where you are and kind of where where we are generally are where we are comfortable with, what we are good at, what we are familiar with and start there, have a foundation, build upon that. We can all have totally different foundation, but build upon adding different things, eventually find what works for each one of us still can be something good. Exactly, exactly. And if you feel overwhelmed with where to start, I think having somebody else to to talk to about it, a coach, a therapist, whatever it is, is really powerful because sometimes you get paralyzed in that there are too many options. What do I do first? And then you end up doing nothing. Um, so there's no shame in asking for help and, and, and getting someone else's feedback and, and accountability to start taking those steps as well. So find help, reach out for resources, and when ourselves feels like we are too um, desperate or lose hope, maybe there are someone else can help us to get through that tough time. Like, uh, I think your experience is very helpful for people to hear because you went through up and downs. You went through period of time, get lost, uh, no hope, but then you also get periods um, you find more resources, start building some, 
some hope and experience different things and you keep on going. So I think that's that's encouraging for people to listen that up and downs is normal, it's okay, and help resources are out there. We just uh, it's it just hard to find sometimes. Yes, exactly. Great. So um, do you have any like websites or um, do you join any groups to help people be more aware of this or share your journey to more people so people can read more about it? Yeah, absolutely. I have my website. It's just my name, KaylaMDouglas.com. And I have resources for, for narcolepsy and also just for life like relaxation and mindfulness and these type of things and then I also have my Instagram is where I'm found most the same Kayla and Douglas on Instagram and I try to you know post some videos inspire people have discussions about alternative therapies that come up um, yeah I was hosting some monthly groups I hope we get back to that and my after I adjust my new time zone and figure out a good time um, I'll be posting those as well yeah Great. So if people follow your Instagram or go to your website, they will get the update of your events and things you post. Yeah, definitely. And feel free to reach out in DMs. I love talking to people about their sleep, about their habits, all of that good stuff. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's so inspiring. I really hope um, our listeners listen to your stories, guys, really encouraged and start wanting to try more, not give up easily. And I, I always appreciate an angle from outside of the field, outside of the, per, as a provider, we have our own bias and our own limitations. It's always great to hear from your perspective, what you, because you are the one experienced that and it can be very different. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you taking the time to, to interview people with different perspectives really great resource your your podcast has become one of my favorite resources to go to thank you yeah i'm also learning i'm learning from all the guests no matter what, what their backgrounds are i feel like i'm keep on learning uh, from all of them different things and hopefully you know great i always hope great information should be out to more people like your experience it's so encouraging and more people i hope more people can hear it to if someone out there in some uh, corner in the world can listen to that and get encouraged, get inspired, maybe change their life some some way, somehow, that can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, thank you also for coming to the podcast today. I will put all your information on your website uh, to the show, uh, show note. So people, when they listen to your podcast, oh, to this episode, they will be able to directly link back to you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. What do you find most inspiring from Kylie's story? Let me know. If you want to know more about her information and the life coach business she is offering, you can find all the information on the show note at deepintosleep.co. If you have your own story or expertise in sleep science, please let me know and I would love to have you as a guest on this podcast. Thank you for listening to Deep Into Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Yishen, and I will see you in two weeks. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. 
keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.